Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and I'm so glad that you're back today. For those of you who are newer to the show, hi, so glad you're here. Let me tell you a little bit about what we are all about here at Primal Potential. First and foremost, and like just top of the list, we are about living the best freaking life we can because it's short. And so what that does not include is obsessing about diets and weight loss and food rules. It's about listening to our bodies and getting results in a way that makes us feel good instead of making us feel crappy. It's about paying attention just as much to what comes out of our mouth, the things we say based on what we think, as much attention to that, what comes out of our mouth, as what goes into it, what we eat, what we drink. We are about keeping it simple. And the simple truth is that our bodies have all the answers if we will just listen and relax enough to hear them. And on that theme of simplicity, we are going way simple today. And here's why. Last week in episode 240, which I said was one of my favorites, and I meant it, the second half of that episode is one of my favorites ever, we went really deep into the science, which is probably why I liked it so much, because I'm a total dork and I'm proud of it. But we talked about how fat burning and fat storing are turned on and off at the cellular level and what you can do to control those on and off switches with your choices. And I was pretty enthusiastic about the episode. If you haven't listened, you definitely should. Many of you guys loved it too, but I also got a bunch of emails from people who said, that was really interesting, but I'm going to have to listen to it a few more times to make sure I get it because some of it went over my head. And honestly, I am thrilled to have received that feedback because this is your show. And so what's clear and not clear, I need to know. Like, that's really, really important for me. I don't want any of this to go over your head for any reason because I really do think of it as your show. I think about it as if you and I, when I record these things, are sitting in my kitchen, and if we were sitting here talking during episode 240 and you were like, huh, explain that to me again, I absolutely would. And that's really important to me. I'm not here to just put shows out three times a week and like, well, people who get it, get it. And the people who don't, don't. No, this is your show. So I was so grateful that you guys felt comfortable enough to say some of that stuff was fascinating and some of it went over my head. Today, we are going to go back through it and I am going to simplify it taking it down to the most basic bare bones elements, just like I would if you were sitting here with me and we were hanging out, right? I think it's so important to understand this stuff because you might be like, why don't you just tell me what to eat? Why does it matter what's happening on the cellular level? 
It is very important that we understand, and here's why. Most of us have a tendency to think about food in an abstract way, like, oh, this one thing doesn't really make a difference. When you touch your hand to a hot stove, you get immediate feedback, hot, don't do that again. But with food, unless there's like an allergy or something, there usually is not immediate feedback. And because of that, because when you eat a cookie, your waist doesn't get bigger, your face doesn't get fuller, there's no immediate feedback. Because of that, we tend to look at our individual choices as inconsequential. Well, I eat this and I'm not immediately bigger. It's not changing the way my clothes fit right now. And so when we dismiss individual choices because there isn't that immediate feedback, that becomes a pattern, right? It becomes a pattern of seeing individual choices as inconsequential, and we make lots of choices based on that logic. So the reason I talk about the signals that food sends your body, the cellular changes that happen as a result of that one cookie, I do that to help you see that each choice does matter. Yeah, your face might not look different after that ice cream. Your pants might not fit differently 20 minutes after the cookie. But that food did send cellular signals. There are real processes happening in your body as a direct result of that food choice you just made. So when we understand what's happening inside, even though we don't physically see it happening on the outside, it doesn't mean it's not happening. So when we understand, we can begin to start to see through the lies we tell ourselves of, oh, this one thing doesn't matter, because it does. Because this one thing, if it sends a signal to your body to store fat, that's real. Just because you don't feel it or see it right this moment doesn't mean it's not happening. And I'll give you an example here, and this might seem really strange, but I was thinking about it the other day. I was going to yoga, right? And I got to class early. About 10 minutes before it started, I laid my mat down in the front of the room and there weren't many people in there, which is very, very rare. And so I thought, wow, this is going to be a really empty class today, which cool, right? That'll be nice. One person came in and, and there were a few people in there, but another one came in and I was like, still, there's like nobody in here, right? Another person comes in, still totally empty. So I turned my head to the side for a few minutes to relax. And when I opened my eyes, the room was full. One person at a time, it totally didn't make a difference. And I saw a couple people coming in and I was like, still, it's like totally empty in here, right? But that thing I dismissed is like, I mean, still, the room's totally empty and people are coming in. And as I turn my head, before I know it, all those people that I had dismissed as inconsequential, they add up really quickly and the room is in fact full. And the same thing happens with our choices. Oh, this one choice isn't going to make a difference. It's not going to put fat on my body. It doesn't change the way my jeans fit. But something is happening. And before you know it, that one choice you dismissed, you made it over and over again. You dismissed it each time and it made a difference and it can happen quickly. So we're going to break this down to the simplest parts. I really want you to feel like you're hanging out with me in my kitchen, which is where I am right now. I'm drinking black coffee with a glass straw out of a purple mug that says she believed she could, so she did. And if you were here with me, I would give you my favorite mug, which is my Primal Potential mug. I'm casual. We're just hanging out. I'm headed to yoga after I record this. And so I'm in black leggings and a gray sweatshirt, sitting on a bar stool at the counter. 
And I really want to make sure that you get this. I'm not looking to throw out cellular signaling information and metabolic processes to be like sounded smart or anything. No, I really want this to change the way you think about the food choices that you make. So understand it this way. The food you eat starts a conversation in your body, right? The food you eat is information to your body. And as soon as you eat it, your body starts saying, all right, what's going on here? Your hormones and your enzymes get busy as soon as you eat, responding to incoming fuel. It's kind of like a delivery truck showing up at the loading dock of a grocery store. The grocery store employees come out and they start a conversation. What do we have on the truck? What should we do with it? Where does it need to go? How are we going to get it inside? The same conversation happens in the body every time you eat. Okay, fuel delivery, what do we have? What do we do with it? Where does it need to go? How do we get it there, right? Now, the answers to those questions are going to vary depending on what you ate, how much you ate, if your body actually needs fuel, or if you're just snacking because it tastes good even though you just ate. It's no different than when the delivery truck shows up at the grocery store oh, well, we already have enough of these crackers out on the floor, so we need to take them back to the storeroom, right? Or we need to respond to the fresh meat first because that might spoil before we deal with the non-perishable canned goods in the back. It's the same sort of logic that happens in your body every single time you eat. Some things take higher priority. Some things take different kind of signaling and hormones and enzymes to get where it needs to go. So it depends on what you ate, how much you ate, if your body needs fuel or not, all of these things. And in order for your body to do anything with that fuel, with what you just ate, it has to break it down into smaller pieces. It's kind of like taking boxes off a pallet before you take them into the store or taking items out of a box before you put them on a shelf. In the world of metabolism, the food you eat has to be broken down to its smallest parts. Otherwise, it's just too big to be transported through the blood into and out of cells. It'll just get stuck. It can't get through the cell walls unless it's broken into its smallest part. When we're looking at carbohydrates, the simplest part, the smallest part is a little piece of sugar, often glucose. And glucose can link together and form large chains to build up more complex starches or sugars, but the simplest part is glucose. It's the littlest piece. So when we eat carbs, whether that's pasta, bread, cookies, crackers, potatoes, rice, oats, even fruit, your body gets busy breaking it down to its tiniest parts, little sugars. And these tiny sugars, they enter your bloodstream. And at this point, guys, when the sugar hits your bloodstream, the conversation changes. Your body goes, oh, whoa, whoa, time out. We've got sugar in the blood. We need to do something with it, and it can't wait. Why can't it wait? Because excess sugar in the blood is toxic. So this becomes an emergency situation. All available personnel clean up in aisle seven. It takes priority over protein and fat because too much sugar in the blood is dangerous. Just like if there was eggs on the truck, you might want to get those off first before you deal with crackers and canned goods because the eggs could spoil. When we're looking at sugar in the blood, it's a toxic situation. So everything takes a back seat until that sugar is dealt with, okay? Here's the other thing. 
sugar cannot just roam freely to find a home beyond the blood. Oh, there's sugar in the blood. We need to get it out of here. It's not just like, buy sugar, you need to go. No, sugar can't roam freely throughout the body to be burned or stored. It's not allowed to wander the halls without a chaperone. And that chaperone for sugar, getting it out of the blood where it could be toxic, so getting it out of the blood becomes a priority, that chaperone is the hormone insulin. So when insulin gets the call, all available personnel clean up on aisle seven, insulin deploys to deal with the sugar situation. Insulin is the chaperone to carry sugar out of the blood. Insulin is also a storage hormone. Its job is to build up tissues. Now that could be muscle tissue for repair and growth, but it's also fat tissue. It's the sweeper. Ah, sugar in the blood. Let's sock this away someplace. Now there's a chance that when your blood sugar goes up, that it might be immediately needed as fuel. Maybe it's been a while since you've eaten. Maybe you just finished a workout. Maybe you're legitimately hungry. Insulin will help make sure that the cells in your body that need fuel get it. But what if there's extra? What if you ate more than your body needed? Maybe your body didn't need fuel at all at that point in time and you were just snacking because it tastes good. Insulin to the rescue. Let's store this. And I want to pause here for a second to say I've done far more technical episodes like episode 240 as well as the carb spillover episode and a handful of episodes on the mechanisms of insulin. So if you want the technical stuff, that's there. But I'm very intentionally keeping this oversimplified so that everybody gets on the same page with a basic understanding because many of you I know need that. So if you want the technical stuff, head over to the show notes on primalpotential.com for this episode and I will link to it. Or you can just go to primalpotential.com and search insulin and uh, a bunch of episodes will come up. So one of the messages that insulin sends the body is, hey, Stop breaking down any fat for fuel. I have a fuel overload situation here that I'm trying to deal with, so stop giving me more work. I'll let you know when I'm done. So the body goes, okay, okay, we're in storage mode, so any type of burning activity, breakdown activity, it's got to stop because there's this sugar situation and insulin needs to get busy dealing with that. Insulin signaling reigns supreme in the fuel storage, fuel burning side of things, so fat burning stops when insulin is at work. Insulin is busy packing fuel away, so you don't release any because that would make more work for insulin and your body tries to be very efficient. But that's not the only signal that insulin sends. It doesn't just say, hey, I'm packing fuel away right now, so how about you not break down anymore? It also sends other signals. And insulin is a little bit biased. Insulin prefers storing any extras in fat tissue. So it disproportionately puts extras in your fat storage. It does this by limiting any storage that goes to the muscle tissue. That doesn't mean no fuel extra goes to your muscle tissue. That's not what it means at all. It just means that insulin prefers the fat tissue, okay? It's biased. So it's gonna facilitate any extras going to your fat tissue and it's going to discourage any extra fuel from going to your muscle tissue where it would be burned for energy, okay? Now, when we are not consuming more fuel than our body needs, and when we are being very careful to not keep increasing our blood sugar over and over and over again, basically when we're eating well, there aren't that many extras for insulin to deal with, right? 
There aren't that many situations where insulin has to come in and say, oh boy, here we go, extra fuel, let's put it somewhere. So when we are not eating starches and sugars at every meal and snack, insulin kind of can chill out and our body doesn't go into this preferential fat storage mode. And when we aren't giving the body more fuel than it needs by snacking when we aren't hungry or overeating, there just aren't that many trucks coming up to the loading dock needing to be unpacked. You know what I mean? So then that begs the question, how much is too much? Especially when it comes to sugar or, or carbs, how much is too much? And I think a lot of that depends on what your goal is, right? The answer is going to be very different if you're looking to put on muscle versus if you're looking to burn fat. Are we talking about don't eat a whole bag of animal crackers? Are we talking about a banana? The thing I think most of us don't really realize, and this is why part of the reason I love talking about the science, is just how little sugar is actually needed to balance our blood sugar. Think about all of the blood throughout your entire body, all of it. When we look at the notion of having to keep stable blood sugar, like not having it go too low and not having it go too high, that stability we want to maintain represents roughly one teaspoon of sugar dispersed throughout all our blood. Just one teaspoon, one teaspoon. So what happens when you drink a soda that has 16 teaspoons of sugar? Or you have a couple of cookies that has 30 grams of sugar between the cookies. Massive overload. Somebody recently emailed me saying that after they gave blood, they had to eat the packet of Chips Ahoy cookies to get their blood sugar back up. No, that packet of cookies puts your blood sugar on a rocket ship, my friends, right? If we look at what stable blood sugar looks like, it's one teaspoon of sugar dispersed throughout our entire blood volume. So when we have those treats, and please, I'm not saying don't enjoy them every once in a while, but when we have them daily, when we have them multiple times a day, you are sending your blood sugar on a freaking rocket ship and it is destroying your ability to burn fat and it is accelerating your fat storage. Now, on that notion of kind of having these things on a very regular basis, when we are constantly creating this insulin response by, say, having a latte with sugar in the morning and then maybe a handful of crackers, bread on your sandwich at lunch, fruit for a snack, pasta at dinner, ice cream for dessert, it creates a situation where insulin gets a little greedy. It gets a little overconfident, overzealous, and it starts storing a very disproportionate amount of fat. And while that's really not good for how your pants fit, it's even worse for how you feel. And what I mean by how you feel, I'm talking about your hunger and your cravings. Because insulin is siphoning off fuel to store. And what that means, the rest of your body is like, uh, yeah, we didn't get any. So the only way your body knows how to rectify that is by turning up hunger and cravings to get you to eat and turning down energy to make sure it conserves the fuel it has because insulin's siphoning it off and the rest of your body is like, yo, uh, we're not getting any and we need some. And that's why we feel stuck. We overeat because the body is overfed but undernourished because of the action of insulin, because we're not controlling our blood sugar. And then we lack energy because our body is trying desperately to conserve. So it slows down the metabolic rate and we experience that as feeling just sort of like meh, blah. We can fix this by improving our food choices and paying more attention to not sending our blood sugar to outer space. 
And we do this by focusing on whole foods, especially non-starchy vegetables, fats, and proteins. And when I say non-starchy vegetables, I'm talking about broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, cabbage, spinach, all of your greens, those sorts of things. I'm not talking about potatoes and sweet potatoes, which would be starchy vegetables. If you have not listened to episode 195 on the golden rules of carbs and fat loss, do that now because we have to be smart about carbs. I'm not condemning them. I'm not saying don't you dare touch a potato or a cookie or anything like that. No, but we have to have a smart strategy so that we're not sending our blood sugar on a rocket ship that not only puts us in fat storing mode, it also kind of starves the rest of the body and makes us more hungry and experience more cravings and have less energy. Many of you might be panicking a little bit saying, is Elizabeth saying that I can't have an apple? No, not even a little bit. The questions you really have to consider here are, does this represent an improvement for me? I talk about how when I was at my heaviest, I was having Chick-fil-A for breakfast every single morning. And not just like one Chick-fil-A sandwich. No, no, no. I would order the chicken biscuit meal. So chicken biscuit and hash browns. But then I would also get chicken minis. So another like sweet breaded thing with fried chicken. And I would get a diet soda. So having an apple, which, yes, is more than what I need in terms of sugar for maintaining stable blood sugar, but I would still get results because it's a heck of a lot less than the rocket ship ride I was on before. So if you're sending your blood sugar to the moon right now, how about you just go for like the tops of the buildings, right? It's not an all or nothing proposition. If you are eating a ton of carbs, dial back your serving size or shift them to later in the day and clean up the beginning part of the day. It's all about what re represents an improvement for you. I would never suggest that if you are having a bagel with jam every single morning that oatmeal isn't a better choice. It is because it takes your blood sugar from the stratosphere to maybe like, you know, the roof of your house. Any improvement is a step in the right direction. I have an entire course on carbohydrate strategies for fat loss for people who feel like they really need to understand this. How does it work? What about artificial sweeteners? What about alcohol? What about fruit? What about this? What about that? What about after a workout? Instead of emailing me all those questions, which you certainly can do, but what I'm going to do is point to the course that I created that answers all of those questions and then some. It goes through insulin in more detail. It goes through blood sugar control in more detail. It talks about the nuances about what about carbs from whole food sources like potatoes or rice? Do those make a difference? Um, all of those questions are answered in great detail, and I will link to that Carbohydrate Strategies uh, course in the show notes. But also, if you go to primalpotential.com and you hit Transformation Tools at the top of the page, you will see the Carb Strategies course right there for you, as well as more information on how it works and what it is. All of that stuff is online, so definitely check that out if you feel like you need a little more information. But the whole purpose of today's episode was to really make sure we all get on the same page, to not leave anybody feeling like a previous conversation was over their head. I don't want that. This is your show. This is your show. So if I ever put information out and you're like, huh? Then I'll either come back and do an episode like I did here, or I'll say, oh, well, I break that down in episodes such and such, or I have an entire course that goes into that in detail and I'll point you in those directions because I'm here to help you figure this stuff out, right? Not to just like chat for 30 minutes, three times a week, not at all. All right, so hopefully this was helpful to you. We will wrap up with what I ate yesterday. 
I uh, got a travel packet of coconut butter and I've received a lot of questions lately about coconut butter. It is different from coconut oil. Coconut oil is the expressed oil from the coconut. Coconut butter is a puree of the entire coconut. Um, and I get a lot of questions about where to buy it. I, I usually buy it on Amazon. Um, every once in a while I can find it in a store near me, but not always. And then later in the day I snacked on celery and macadamia nuts. Then I had a lunch, which was a burger without the bun. Um, and then dinner was a Cobb salad and some ribs. I don't usually eat ribs, but I did yesterday and they were very, very tasty. Yummy ribs. All right, guys, I hope this was helpful. I will talk to you soon. Have a fantastic day. And if you're sending your blood sugar on a rocket ship, shoot today for just the tops of the buildings. Take care, guys. Are you ready to move beyond listening and learning and really change your life? Really live into your highest potential instead of just wishing for it and hoping something clicks? I want to do that with you. And that's why this fall, I'm hosting the first ever Primal Potential Women's Transformation Weekend, Ascend, in downtown Nashville, Tennessee, November 3rd through the 5th. It will be a small group, but you can get your ticket and learn all the details at primalpotential.com forward slash ascend or by listening to episode 203 of the Primal Potential podcast. Here's what I know. Ascend will change your life and I would love to have you join me. See you this fall.